Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Time. There's nothing more valuable. It's what drives everyone to make the most of every moment. We celebrate living large in the now. In a city where time disappears, we create experiences that electrify the soul and memories that will last forever. We go big, we go all night, and here, everyone is invited. So get loose and get loud. This is Circa. You'll have the time of your life. This is the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Hello and welcome to the Arash Markazi Show presented by the Sporting Tribune on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio in Southern California, 98.5 The Fan in Las Vegas, the Hawaii Sports Radio Network and the Sports Map Radio Network. It is Legends of Sport Friday, joined by my good friend, it's Andy Bernstein. Hey Andy, how are you? I'm great, Arash. Always thrilled to be on with you on Legends of Sport Friday, my friend. Yes, and uh, this is a very special one for the both of us. Listen, I mean, yeah. I mean, how I became familiar with your work is the Showtime Lakers, and uh, and for me, it was the back half of the Showtime Lakers with Byron Scott, uh, just uh, one of my favorite players of all time. Number four, uh, he is your guest this week. I mean, uh, talk about what the great fans can expect from this conversation. Well, you know, Byron, obviously one of the great Laker legends of all time. Um, I personally feel that his number four should be hanging there um, next to everybody else's at Crypto.com Arena. But that's just my opinion. Um, You know, I I was so thrilled to be able to get an hour to speak to Byron um, shortly after he and I both attended the uh, Showtime reunion in Maui that Magic Johnson and Pat Riley invited all of us to. And we had a lot of laughs. We had a lot of great memories um, from back in the day, but also from that reunion. And, uh, you know, Byron, amazing guy. I mean, three-time NBA champion during the Showtime Laker era, NBA coach of the year. Um, One of the only guys to, well, he is actually the only guy to play with Kobe and coach against Kobe and coach Kobe himself as a Laker. So, you know, we had a lot to talk about, um, about the Mamba and his remembrances and great memories of Kobe. And uh, just a a wonderful conversation. You know, Byron's doing so much these days with um, his charitable foundation, uh, the company that his wife, he and his wife started, Three Points Brand and his podcast, um, the Off the Dribble podcast. So, you know, Tough catching up with him, I got to tell you. But once we got him, he was terrific. You touched on it, and this was something that I, I think we will touch on a lot during the course of our uh, time together. This reunion in Hawaii, looking from the looking at the pictures of it, it mm. was all of the Showtime Lakers. And again, as we know, the Doctor Bus loved Hawaii. The, the 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 team had many training camps out there. We're on the air live in Hawaii as well. What was that like? What was it like to catch up with all those? players and also the coaches as well well you know it's cliche to say it was magical but it was truly a magical experience i mean there were i think about 45 members of um the championship era of of the lakers in the 80s so if you had won a championship if you've been part of even one 
championship during the 80s, you were invited to that incredible reunion. Of course, there were guys there who won five championships. Um, Byron Scott was there. I mean, I'm sorry, Magic was there. You know, Pat Riley, of course, was there. Kareem was there. Um, and then to see those guys go out and uh, actually, quote unquote, practice, which <laughs> they called a, you know, sort of a walkthrough of a practice, um, was was mind blowing. I mean, it was like the most incredible experience. I think it's one of the top three incredible experiences in my photography career was to see these guys out there again, reliving, you know, memories of running plays and. You know, Kareem's out there at 75 years old shooting sky hooks. Byron is drilling three-pointers. You know, Magic's running the break. Um, I don't want to say he's running the break, but he was <laughs> he was quickly walking the break. You know, Pat Riley's out there, you know, giving instructions to everybody. And uh, Gary Vitti is trying to keep these guys from killing themselves. <laughs> it was such an incredible experience and a great dinner every night. Um just to be together as a group again, uh, I'm sure I know that it was just so heartwarming for them. And it was for me because I was part of that era. I am so thrilled now to uh, play this first part of this podcast. And again, so thrilled, by the way, you mentioned it, but Byron has a podcast. Michael Cooper has a podcast. You has a podcast. I yeah. get to relive my youth every single week. But now let's play the first part of your podcast. It's Legends of Sport Friday. It's Andy Bernstein. It's Byron Scott. You can't beat this combo, folks. He came up to me one day, Andy, and he said, B, I'm thinking about putting a Showtime reunion together. What do you think? And I said, man, I think that would be great, Buck. Yeah. And, you know, obviously, this was right before this. This was being planned before the pandemic ever mm -hmm. hit. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So, you know, every day that we would see each other, he would kind of give me an update on guys that he's got in contact with. You know, he was like, man, I got in contact with Mike Schmreck. <laughs> excited, Chuck Nevitz, all these guys. He said, I need you be to call, you know, three or four of these guys because I, I don't have their info. And I said, well, yeah, I got I got a couple of those guys, so I'll, I'll yeah. reach out to them. Yeah. So that's how I basically got started. You know, he just asked me what did I think about it, and I told him I thought it would be an unbelievable idea. And then the pandemic hit, and, you know, we had to obviously postpone it. But, mm -hmm. uh, you know, going into this year, I remember him talking about, you know, we, we're, uh, we're still talking about doing it. I was like, cool. And uh, September came, and man, you know, everybody's there. The rest is history, as you know, because you were there. You were part of that Showtime family, and it was great seeing everybody. Well, I got to tell you, man, I, you know, I kept pinching myself that whole week because, first of all, I was thrilled and humbled and honored to be invited. And, uh, you know, of course, I brought my camera with me, you know, because yeah, yeah. somebody, somebody had to document it, and I'm glad I did. Um but, you know, come. I've heard Magic talk about this. Um, you know, I watched the, the special that was on uh, Spectrum, which was great. Mm -hmm. um, but from your perspective, when you're there and you're seeing all these guys and it's 35 years later, something like that. Yeah. And, you know, does it all come flooding back? Do you start remembering like certain things or moments or just that it, that like internal feeling of like what it was like to be? A brotherhood a group of you guys together all all of those above Andy. i mean you know yeah. um, the first night that i got there because i ended up being you know one day later because i you know had played in a golf tournament in right. in new york with my boy victor green uh, uh for his foundation so i ended up getting there tuesday instead of monday so when i got there 
the first person that I saw was Rouse. You know, I went into the ballroom because my wife was, you know, worried about me not eating on the plane and all that. And it was a long trip. You know, I was coming from New York. Sure. So that's a long day. Yeah. And so I went in the ballroom and of course Rouse being Rouse was in there getting ready for tonight, you know, getting the film session ready and all that. So I got a chance to see Rouse first. And, you know, as soon as I saw him, it just brought back nothing but the 80s memories. And yeah. it was pretty much with everybody, even the guys I didn't play with. Yeah. Or the guys I knew but never got a chance to play with. You know, Clay Johnson was there my rookie year and then he was gone. Jim Jones, you know, guys I didn't play with. Uh, and, and it was just so good to see them guys because I, I, I know them, you know, but it was just so good to interact with them and, and share some of our experiences and share some of the stories. Mm. Like you said, it, it, it really did feel like I was back in my, my, my mid to late 20s. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, it felt yeah. good seeing everybody and the camaraderie that we have and the love that we have for, for one another. It just brought back all kind of great memories. And kind of like you said, you pinched yourself every, every night. Mm-hmm. I, I would wake up in the middle of the night and I would just feel myself smiling. You know, and, and it was just one of those smiles that, man, this is unbelievable. This is great to be here. And that and it lasted the whole week. So it was just an unbelievable experience. Yeah. I mean, they could have had this thing in like Omaha or, you know, it didn't matter. It didn't matter. Right. But we <laughs> happened to be in Maui at the Four Seasons. So that wasn't so bad. Yeah, so, matter. B, let's talk about when you guys went to the gym. Right. And you're all wearing your shirts and you're all out there and you're all stretching. Um Gary Vitti's leading this, you know, the stretch in the circle. Riley's pacing back and forth like he used to. I mean, it was to me, and I, I was looking at the faces of of the wives and and all the other staff people who were watching. Everybody was like had their mouths open. You know, it's like, are we like like reliving history? This is unbelievable. And of course, you know, you're the only one who I think hit a shot the entire practice. But that's a whole other story. No, I know McAdoo did as well. But to see um, to see Kareem out there at 75 years old shooting sky hooks yeah i mean there's very few times in my career where you know i was tasked to photograph something where i really wish i just could have watched it you know but i was watching it through the camera it was it was so incredible and his speech as well yeah yeah Yeah. cap cap is so inspirational man as you know he he is one of the smartest dudes i've ever been around Mm -hmm. uh he understands the history of this game. He understands the magnitude that we had in the eighties and what we were able to accomplish. Mm-hmm. Uh, for him to get up there and speak, you know, that, that speech before we, you know, all went to stretch and get ready for what we call a real walkthrough. <laughs> no more running. Right. Uh, I thought it was just it, it was fitting. Yeah. For him yeah. to do that. And then like you said, just to see him out there on the court, man. Yeah. It just I think all of us, you know, we were reliving our youth. You know, yeah. we, we couldn't move as fast and all that stuff and jump as high. But it was just it was just one of those things when we when we did it, we went back to the room or back to the bus. We told some more stories on the <laughs> bus and then we got to the room. You know, you get ready for dinner that night and you just remember how great that feeling was to be out there. And I was kind of like James. James like yeah. you know, at one point he was like, man, I, I thought we had a game or something. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> that old mindset that like. That muscle memory kicked in, right? Absolutely. Oh, to see the captain there and to see how happy he was to be there, man, that that was probably one of the most joyful times for me mm-hmm. being being around Cap because I know he was having a ball and that made me feel good. 
Oh, amazing. Then Jeffrey Osborne, you're like, yeah. concert, yeah. give me a break. And yeah. it was incredible. Um, and then, of course, the trash talking didn't stop the entire week, whether you guys were playing dominoes, you're on the golf course, yeah. you know, you're on the court, yeah. dinner, you know, that was that was just so special. And yeah. it just brings imagine, you back. Imagine you know. playing spades with Eddie Jordan and they're, they're talking <laughs> smack, you know, and yeah, it was it was. Again, it was just all of us doing what we normally do. Yeah, yeah. You know, we was with each other way back in the day. We just a lot older, but man, that yeah, yeah. that vibe was still there. Yeah. You know, the 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 mind was still there. You know, mm -hmm. it's just the bodies can't move like it used to. Yeah, you know, Magic spoke very eloquently when we were there about there's no other team, no other organization that could have done this right or could do this. Mm -hmm. I mean, I can't think of any, you know, I, I don't see the Bulls doing this, even, you know, they won six, but, you know, I take, I think, it, how do you put that into words? Like, how do you quantify that? You know, what, what is special about this group, this 10 year group of Lakers? I think, you know, what, what Dr. Buss tried to establish from the get go was a family, you know, type of organization. And, and I think, Everybody that put that purple and gold on in the 80s that won a championship, he looked at them as family. And that's how we kind of treat each other, you know. And mm -hmm. I think that's the best word I could use, Andy, is family. We, we had our, as you know, back in the days, our, our in-house fighting and stuff like <laughs> that. But when we got out of there and we went on that court, we were always united. Mm -hmm. We played for one common cause. That's championships. Right. And so I, I love the fact that even to this day, we all still – genuinely love each other and we want each other to do well mm -hmm. and it, it comes from the top you know it came from dr bus you know to jerry west to pat mm -hmm. Riley, and then our, our leaders magic and kareem you know and it just trickled down to everybody else so yeah. it, it wasn't it wasn't um shocking to me after 37 years to see us all come together and have as much fun as we had but if you look at organizations they're not connected like that Mm -hmm. The Bulls, the, the Celtics, you know, all those teams, mm -hmm. uh, they're not connected like that. I, I think we're the only organization that could have pulled off something like that. Mm -hmm. And uh, we were able to do it. And we probably, we, we won't be the last. I'm sure there's going to be other teams because it's a copycat lead. So there's sure. going to be some other teams that's going to do it as well. But you know, we've always been kind of that, that trendsetter. And, and, that's, yeah. and it's so, it's so such a blessing to me to, like I said that night when I got there, I said, this is just such a blessing to be in front of everybody here and be able to talk and have fun and, and yeah. be us. Yeah. You know, it's so interesting that, that, you know, everybody who was there eventually left the Lakers in one way or the other. Right. Um, you know, Riley, of course, went on to New York and then Miami and, and he's working, still working for Miami, you know, right, right. you left, you came back. I mean, everybody, you know, but yet, you remember where your family is. You know, you remember where home is. You know, I go home to Brooklyn. I haven't lived in that house in 40 years, but I still go by it. still feel like I kind of live there, you know? Right, right. <laughs> <laughs> you still know what the, your room looked like in the living room and everything else now. I could probably draw. If I knew how to draw, I could probably draw that out. Um, so, we got a question for you, man. Um, now that we're, you know, seasoned, a little bit older, when, when you were going through Showtime and you were winning your championships, I don't know what the right terminology is. I've been trying to figure out how to ask you this, but you know, living in the moment, Phil Jackson used to always talk about being in the moment, you know, and all that. I mean, were you taking it in at that point? Were you like, man, I'm in Boston Garden, I'm beating the crap out of the Celtics? You know, it's like we're going to win a championship on right, the parquet right. floor. I mean, or does all that just kind of happen 
later, years later, because for me, I got to tell you my, my thing, I'm just there doing my job and then I either collapse later or <laughs> thank God we got sports centers so I can like relive it, you know? Right. Yeah. How did, how was it in the moment for you? I, I never, I never really fully understood living it in, you know, living in the moment, you know, mm-hmm. because you're trying to get a job done. So for me, it, it, it hit me, you know, years later on winning those championships and what it meant uh, mm-hmm. and how rare it is. You know, it, I, I never, you know, when we won, you know, in 85, mm-hmm. first team, first Laker team ever to beat the Celtics in a seven game series. And we did it on the parquet floor. That was the one thing I do remember is that I, I was so happy when my dad took me to the airport game, going into game six, we up three, two. And my dad, who who's unbelievable. He, he was like, so what do you think? I said, Oh, we went this in six. Yeah. You know? And he was like, Oh, okay. And it's funny. Cause when I came home and he was like, you, you said that so emphatically that you were so sure. He mm-hmm. said, I swear I thought it was going to go seven. Yeah. But the way you said it, you were so confident. I said, yeah, dad, I, I just knew we had them. Mm-hmm. You know, but I never looked back and said, man, we, we beat him on the parquet floor. It, it took me years, mm-hmm. Andy, before I started reliving uh, some of the things that we were able to accomplish. And then, you know, I, I think the good thing about that is then I really, really started to appreciate it that much more mm-hmm. as I got older on some of the things we were able to accomplish. Yeah. Yeah. Incredible, man. Um, but you've been around and played with against uh, some of the greats of all time. I mean, you, you used to have to guard Michael Jordan. You know, <laughs> you played next to Magic Johnson, James Worthy, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Then you get to be a teammate with a young guy named Kobe Bryant, 18 years old, right? Yeah. And you get yeah. to see his whole career. And then you got you get the opportunity to coach him 20 years later. I mean, what a full circle experience but what what is it about greatness especially with kobe what did you see in the because i've heard you know we've talked about this before i've I've heard you do interviews you recognize something in that young fella at 18 years old that really came to fruition you know but can you remember back to that rookie season of his absolutely Andy. i remember this kid would be in the gym early Mm -hmm. he'd be out there shooting at the forum before the lights were even on you know, he's just shooting in the dark because I would come early because at that time I needed to get to practice early to get, you know, stretched and loose and all that stuff and treatment. <laughs> yeah. And I remember hearing the ball bounce and I would go on the court and I couldn't even see him until I walked all the while, you know, all the way out there. And I could see Kobe down at the other end shooting, you know, mm-hmm. in the dark. And I would go and tell Gary Vitti, you know, how long has this kid been here? <laughs> you know, and he was like, oh, man, he, he got here when I got here. Yeah, you know? crazy. I said, we need to tell somebody to turn the lights on at least, you know, <laughs> when it's light. But yeah. I, I saw it early that he was determined, dedicated. You know, his work ethic was unbelievable. At 18, you don't see 18-year-olds no. with that type of dedication, you know, that want to be in the gym 24-7. Or and doing I, anything at 18 that is, exactly, is so exactly. obsessed. Your, yeah, your mind is so scattered with so many other things. Yeah, I, I just knew from day one when I met him uh, that this kid was special. Mm-hmm. I didn't know how special until we, we started practicing and everything and – during games, he would sit beside me and ask questions. And I was like, man, mark my words, y'all. I'm telling this kid's going to be unbelievable. And it, it made me feel and seem like a prophet because it came true. You know, it came to fruition that this kid was special. And he he outworked everybody along with having, you know, great talent as well. Yeah. So in your second year coaching in New Jersey, you end up in the finals against yeah. your beloved Lakers. Yeah. Can't even imagine the feelings of that. But you're coaching against the kid, against Kobe. You like you 
I mean, did you have anything in your arsenal, in your toolbox that you could pull from how to stop this guy? No. <laughs> I mean, look, I knew, I knew the first game we were going to get blown out because when we walked in, when I walked on the court with, with my other coaches, yeah. Jordan, who's also a former Laker, you know, Michael Korn, I looked at them and I said, man, we in trouble tonight. Because <laughs> I, I saw our guys warming up and they were just kind of starstruck. You know, they yeah. were around and I looked back down at the Lakers, you know, they're warm up. They are focused. You know, they're not looking in the stands. Our guys first time ever being there. So they're looking in the stands and they just trounced us the first game. Yeah. The next three games, you know, we hung in there all the way to the fourth quarter and then Kobe or Shaq or both would just take over. Yeah. And we really just didn't have enough to, to guard either one of those guys, you know, let, let alone. I mean, we had to double both. You know, if Kobe off of pick and rolls, we had to double Shaq. We had to double in the post. Yeah. Now you're leaving D. Fish, you know, Fox, all those guys open. And they were just they were just a, a great team. Okay, let's leave it there for now. That is the first part of the Legends of Sport interview. It's Andy Bernstein and Byron Scott, an amazing conversation uh, about not only his playing career, his coaching career. Uh, you know, he, he was really there for the beginning of Kobe's time with the Lakers as his teammate. And at the end of Kobe's uh, career um, as a player, when he was the head coach of the Lakers. So let's leave it there for now. When we come back, we'll be joined once again by Andy Bernstein and Byron Scott for Legends of Sport Friday right here on the Mightier 1090 in Southern California. The fan in Las Vegas, the Hawaii Sports Radio Network and the Sports Map Radio Network. We'll be right back with the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. nothing more valuable it's what drives everyone to make the most of every moment we celebrate living large in the now in a city where time disappears we create experiences that electrify the soul and memories that will last forever we go big we go all night and here everyone is invited so get loose and get loud this is circa you'll have the time of your life This is the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Welcome back to the Arash Markazi Show presented by the Sporting Tribune on ESPN 1090 in Southern California, 98.5 The Fan in Las Vegas and the Hawaii Sports Radio Network. Just as a reminder, if you have a question or comment, I just want to win tickets to an upcoming game in Southern California, Las Vegas or Hawaii. Call our hotline 310 400-0340. It is Legends of Sports Friday with Andy Bernstein, joined by Byron Scott this week. And Andy, you touched on it. A- an amazing career, both as a player plus as a coach. Not only was Kobe's teammate, not only coached against Kobe, but coached Kobe at the end of his career. So really, he was there at, at the beginning when Kobe just joined the team. He was his teammate. At the end of Kobe's career, he was his coach. You touched on it. What was that relationship like? Well, Byron's very eloquent about uh, his impressions of the young Kobe at 18 years old. You know, Byron had come back to the Lakers. It was his last season there. And um, he actually got to play and mentor a young Kobe Bryant, which, you know, for him, I think even then he appreciated the, the sort of gravity of it. But now looking back and 
And having had that experience of, of getting to know him uh, as a young player right out of high school, um, mentoring him a little bit, being part of his growth. And then, you know, going on, Byron went on to coach and um, he actually coached New Jersey when uh, the Lakers played them in the finals and they lost to the Lakers and Kobe's Lakers. And he talked about that. Um but, you know, Byron had a pretty distinguished career as a coach. He was coach of the year. Mm-hmm. And then he, he actually came to the Lakers and coached Kobe in his final season, which was, you know, true full circle. As Bill Jackson would say, the full circle event, you know, going from being a, a teammate as a player, mm-hmm. opposing coach, and then his own coach. And, you know, my memories of, of that were, were just so profound, you know, being there for Kobe's last season, 2015-16, um, the farewell tour, the final game, um, as we all remember, against Utah on April 13, 2016, um, being in the locker room before the game, the the champagne without champagne celebration <laughs> afterwards was just water that they, that they you know, put on – all over the place, all over Kobe, all over the locker room. Um, Byron's really wonderful, um, passionate speech about Kobe and what he meant to the team and the organization, to him personally. Um, you know, to have been a fly on the wall for that, Arash, was uh, was amazing to me. And I was just thankful to have been there. And uh, one of the first people Kobe hugged after that game, as you remember, was his coach, was Byron. And... Um, you know, they had a couple of words together, which, uh, you know, I didn't ask Byron. It's private. Yeah. But, um, you know, I was just so happy to have been able to have the opportunity on the Legends of Sport podcast to talk to Byron about that incredible relationship. And now you and Byron have something in common. Uh, you know, you both have podcasts, but yours in particular, which I love so much and why I'm so excited about this partnership. Again, uh, each and every Friday, we, 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 we play just a snippet of it, uh, mm-hmm. but we align it with when your podcast drops. For those who are enjoying every second of this conversation, how can they hear the entire podcast? Well, you can find us uh, on our home base, which is iHeart, but also on Apple, Spotify, and every podcast platform. Um, it's called Legends of Sport, right? And so you go to your favorite podcast platform, you'll find it. You can go to our social media, primarily um, Instagram, at Legends of Sport, or our Twitter, uh, at Legends underscore of Sport. Um, we also have uh, TikTok, Legends of Sport. We have our YouTube channel, Legends of Sport. And we're releasing every podcast now as a audio version, as well as on our YouTube channel as a video version. So that's a lot of fun because, you know, you're able to see the person. And uh, if you have time to watch the full thing, it's it's really fun. So hopefully people can tune in. Um, you know, this is season six of the podcast. It's going great. I think Byron was my 180th interview. Wow. So uh, I'm loving every minute of it. Yeah, it's it's been so great to tune in again, just to kind of hear what these guys have to say. And I, and I, and I bring this up every week and I really believe it. I mean, there's a trust that you have with them. You They allow you into their lives, into their locker room. When you brought up Kobe's last game, you were there that entire day. It's, mm-hmm. it's great to hear them uh, talk to you about their career. So with that said, let's now hear the second half of your conversation with Byron Scott right here on Hedges of Sport Friday. Or any type of you know uh, interview or, or conversation that you had, you want the other person to feel you know, comfortable. So 
I enjoy doing it, Andy. I really do. I've done three seasons, uh, about to start season four. Uh, but I'm I'm gonna probably wait till 2023 to you know start season four. One of my guests on on season four, I, I can give you two. Yeah, and two of my favorite people, Andy Garcia, who oh. I, I I mean, I've been a big Andy Garcia fan from way back in the day, and he was sitting next to me during a Laker game after he did um, a Godfather. Oh, okay. <laughs> I talking to him, and we got to be friends, exchanged numbers, and all that good stuff. And yeah. Yeah, uh, I've been chasing him for about six months. I was like, Andy, I need you on a podcast. And we finally got that done. My, my other good friend and my other fellow teammate who you know very well, Irvin Magic Johnson, mm-hmm. is going to be on as well. So yeah, just talking to people that I, that I number one, got a lot of respect for, and number two, that I, I got a lot of love for, and people that I think will be very interesting. And, you know, everybody that watches the podcast, they're going to get something special out of it. Yeah, yeah, Andy Garcia. I look forward to that, man. I mean, that guy is just in there through thick and thin forever. Yes, right? yes. Big Laker yeah. fan. Amazing. One of my favorite actors of all time. Oh yeah, for sure. Man, I love him. Yeah, I had George Lopez on. Um, I think it was during the pandemic when you know we couldn't be in person or anything. Right. And he had such incredible stories. Oh my God, he talked about you know not even be able to afford a ticket at the top of Staples Center, you know, when he first started. And now he's sitting courtside with Arsenio, like <laughs> literally pinching himself. And then conversations he had, he would have with Kobe during the game. During the game, yeah. <laughs> during the game. Unbelievable. Hey, B, I know we talked about this before, but your coaching pedigree, right? First of yeah. all, what lit your fire to coach in the first place? I mean, I know you retired and a lot of retired guys go into coaching and you had your first stint, I believe in Sacramento, right? Yes. Assistant coach. Yes. But you know, a lot of guys don't want to coach. <laughs> what, uh, what interests you about coaching? Well, you know what, Andy, I never wanted to coach. When I, when I started playing uh, basketball and, and got to the Lakers and, you know, in my fifth year, I think in the league, uh, Pat Raleigh told me, we, we had a conversation and I said something. He said, you know, one day when you become a coach, you'll understand some of the things I have to go through. And I was like, coach, I said, Riles, you're out your damn mind. Straight like that. I said, you're out your damn mind. I ain't coaching. You're crazy. And he just looked at me like, yeah, okay. You know, and, and I I was 26 at the time. Uh-huh. And then, um, you know, I go to Indiana. You know, I get signed by Indiana at, at 32, and I'm playing for Larry Brown, another mm-hmm. Hall of Fame coach. Yeah. And I was a big Larry Brown fan. If Larry Brown would have got the UCLA job, Two weeks earlier, I would have went to UCLA instead of Arizona State. That's mm. how much of a fan I was of Larry Brown. So when I signed with Indiana, Larry was like, I finally got you. And I was like, <laughs> yeah, we finally get a chance to, you know, to do something together. Yeah. And during practice, you know, after a couple of weeks of practice, he looked at me one day and said, you know, because he would always ask me, how did you guys cover this? Mm. Mm-hmm. What would you do on pick and rolls? Or what would you do on this? What would you do on high? And I would always tell him, this is how we did. And he said, B, I don't know if you ever thought about this, but I think you would be a really good coach. And so I said, wait a minute, Pat Rowley sees something in me that I don't see. Larry mm-hmm. Brown sees something in me that I don't see. Maybe I should start thinking about this and take it a little serious. So uh-huh. I got a notebook and I started keeping a journal, you know, for the next couple of years. And I said, if I do really want to get into this, you know, I got to be prepared. And when I finished that journal, I was kind of like, yeah, I think I would like to coach and see how this is. And that's, that got me going. And then, you know, Sacramento you know, gave me a call and, uh, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. Rick Adelman, who I think is still one of the most underrated coaches I've ever seen in the NBA, gave me a call and said, I heard you're interested in coaching. And Jerry West had called them. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So Jerry West put the word in. You know, yeah. I told him what I wanted to do. And he, he asked me to be 
he, he said, come with me and, you know, be an assistant GM or something. I said, no, I'm not a suit guy. I got to be on the bench somewhere. I got <laughs> to be on the court. And so he called Sacramento and said, I heard you're looking for a coach. Byron Scott's interested in getting into coaching. So that's how I got the interview with Sacramento. And as soon as the interview was over, Rick Adelman said, listen, uh, the job is yours, but go home and think about it. And I went home and the next day I called him. I said, no, uh, coach, I, I'll, I'll take the job. Wow. That's, that's a great story. I mean, yeah, if, uh, if, Phil Jackson, I mean, Pat Riley and, and um, Larry Brown are telling me that I might have something. Yeah, I'm do it. <laughs> I said, you know what? I think I'm going to listen now, you know? And because uh, yeah. I really dismissed it when Ralph said it. Yeah. When Larry said it six years later, I said, wait a minute. Ralph said the same thing. Maybe yeah. they just yeah. see something. And that, that got me, you know, really thinking about coaching. That's so interesting. Who's your coach at ASU? Ned Wilk. Mm -hmm. and he had been there for a number of years. Yeah. Uh, he ended up leaving uh, ASU, and they brought in Bob Weinhauer from Penn. Mm -hmm. And um, Bob Weinhauer's assistants was Henry Bibby and Doug Collins. Oh, okay. The, yeah. the, uh, the uh, volunteer assistant was Garfield Hurd. Really? Yes, okay. I was my three assistants. So I had you some know, wisdom there with those dudes. Some guys yeah. who had some experience in the NBA. Yeah. Doug Collins and I uh, became extremely good friends and close because he taught me a lot about mm -hmm. getting ready for the NBA, and I, I really appreciated that. Yeah. I mean, I think Doug Collins is so underrated because, um, you know, people obviously talk about Phil and the Bulls and all that, but, you know, Doug Collins kind of set the table for that. Yeah. And, then, and then the whole thing with the Olympics, um, getting robbed of the gold medal, and then yeah. the guys, like the Redeem Team guys, like presenting him with the – I mean, that was just – so touching, man. It's crazy. It was well deserved because Doug was a lot of people understand, you know, if Doug Collins didn't have such bad knee problems when he was playing, mm. he was a six six unbelievable yeah. basketball player. Yeah. I mean, could yeah. score. He was quick. He was long. He was athletic. Mm. Uh, but his NBA years were cut short because of uh, you know, injuries like a lot of guys. But I thought I, I thought when I first saw him play, you know, at the University of Illinois and then in the pro. Yeah, this guy could be one of the greatest shooting guards in the NBA history. Yeah, well, you talked about Kareem earlier, Byron, and this is a tough question because you know LeBron is going to, God willing, if he stays yeah. healthy, he's going to break Kareem's record—a record probably nobody thought would be broken. I mean, nobody thought you know Babe Ruth's record was going to be broken either. But mixed feelings about it, or it's just the way things happen or how do you, how do you, how are you looking at I me? Mean, this is, you know, this is Kareem we're talking about. Yeah. Um, it's, it's mixed feelings. You yeah. Know? Um, yeah. I don't, I still don't think that record is going to uh, change my mind who I think is the greatest of all time. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I, I kind of always look at his body of work, what he did in college and in the NBA, you know, you got to combine all that. And it's no disrespect to MJ because he is no doubt, in that mm -hmm. conversation. And a lot of people give him the nod as being the greatest of all time. Right. But, you know, for my money, you know, Kareem, even when LeBron, like you said, breaks the record, uh, I still think Kareem is the greatest player of all time and mm -hmm. can probably continue to have that feeling until the day I die. And, you know, for me, LeBron, what this does, it elevates him to a different level. Mm -hmm. I, I think he's in that conversation and he, he's been in that conversation for a little bit for a little while, but I think it's going to give people even more reason to say, you know, especially LeBron James fans, that he's yeah. the greatest of all time. Yeah, I hear you. Hey, do you do you see any rivalries in this 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 game today that could even ever come close to Lakers and Celtics? I mean, no. nothing, right? I mean, it's 
Not even in any sport, really. Yeah. But you know what, Andy? All these guys are friends. They they played together in AAU and all that stuff. They got and the they, same agent. You know, it's like, come on. That stuff. You know, yeah. I mean, it, it's, I think that the, the, the times of having, you know, great rivalries like we did with the Celtics, uh, I think those times are gone. I think they're yeah. wrong because teams don't hate each other and players don't hate each other like we did. I mean, it, and hate's a strong word, but we did. We Oh, it we was definitely hate. For sure. They I mean, hated us. Yeah. You know, the city of Boston hated us. LA hated the city of Boston. I mean, it was a true rivalry. And I don't think you'll ever see anything, at least at least in, in, in our lifetime, mm-hmm. we'll ever see anything that's gonna be close to that type of rivalry. Yeah, yeah, that's that's very, very true. Um <laughs> weren't you in uh weren't you in the um the three point contest with Ainge and Bird, right? I think we talked about this on my uh my Laker Spectrum show. And here you are. You got to be nice to these dudes. They're in a three-point contest with them. They're wearing Celtic stuff. I mean, how weird was that? <laughs> and we still wasn't very nice to each other. I mean, we spoke, you know, but we wasn't giving high fives and how you doing and you right. know, We just said, "Hey, how you doing?" I mean, that it was it was it, it wasn't cold, but it was so you know you could tell that none of, none of us wanted to talk to each other in the first place. But yeah, you know, I'm gonna be I'm gonna be you know, respectful. Yeah, all were, uh, yeah. and the thing that, that's so great about that rivalry is that you know as we got older and you know we all got out of the game and we would see each other in different places. Mm-hmm. You know, we started to talk. I, I remember when I was coaching Jersey and um, Cedric Maxwell did their radio. Right, and our guy came in and said, you know, Cedric Maxwell wants to do an interview. Which I said, tell him to go to hell. <laughs> <laughs> Andy, I wouldn't do it. I said, I'm not talking to his ass. I was just like I that. love I'm it. His ass. Yeah. And, was he Bobby bringing Mark. the towel with him? He was yeah, yeah, him and ML. Yeah. Bobby Marks, who was our PR guy, was like, you know, <laughs> we come back to Boston twice, you know, a right. year. Right. I didn't do it that whole year. You know, so the next time we come back, I, I told him no again. And then we came back and Bobby said, Coach, you're killing me. Please. You got every team head coach talks to him. Yeah. Do it. I said, I ain't got to do nothing. <laughs> you know, I said, but you know what? Okay, I'll do it. So Cedric walked in. And I would give him the cold shoulder. He walks in like, hey, Bart, how you doing? And I was like, what's up? <laughs> you know, after the interview was over. I love it. Bobby Marsh came in. Cedric and I are sitting there talking, <laughs> wrapping it up. Yeah. And I found out. I said, okay, no wonder why I hate you guys so much. Because you guys are just like us. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you guys want to win. You don't care about who scored. Yeah. You don't care about the name on the back of the jersey. You care about the name on the front. Yeah. Representing that, you know, that, that whatever that green and white and we represent and we we had the same mentality that's why we hated each other so much and then you know obviously later on meeting you know talking to larry at at the uh nba draft you know where where we you know doing the the ping bongs and all that stuff right right uh coaching against kevin McHale, talking to the chief (laughs) i was like wow okay you know i got i got a lot of respect for those guys even more so now because now i've gotten to know them a little bit now i know what they tick just like we did yeah, but you still hate him. I still hate him, though, you know, <laughs> but in a good way. <laughs> oh, that's so funny, man. So, B, um, last thing I want to ask you, what you're doing now besides your podcast, and you're in a lot of golf tournaments, you do a lot of charity stuff. I would love to talk about whatever charity um, work that you're doing, but I also want to talk about the Three Points brand that you're doing yeah. with your wife, Cece. So let yeah. me know about that. I appreciate that. The charity work that my wife and I do, we, we, we just – 
love trying to give back as much as possible. Uh, our church has a charity called Feed My Poor, uh, which are all the homeless people that are in the street. We go around just giving them food and water and socks and things like that. Uh, with our with our uh, father Ed, who's that's his mission, and we've just jumped on board, and we just try to help as much as possible, physically as well as, well as monetarily. Uh, Community of Friends uh, is another you know homeless uh, you know, uh, charity that we that we're involved in. Uh, Face Forward is another one, which you know you you have a lot of women that have gone through some abuse. Mm-hmm. Uh, that were scarred, you know, extremely bad, and they go through some, you know, some surgeries to kind of look back normal. You know, they husbands who are throwing hot grease and stuff like that on. I mean, it's it's, it's crazy some of the things that we've heard with Face Forward, but we we've, we've been involved in that charity for the past four or five years. Mm-hmm. And then one that we just finished is a golf tournament uh, with Kiki Shepherd, who who is my girl. She does a golf tournament called the Kiki Shepherd Celebrity Golf Tournaments. Mm-hmm. And it's for the KISS Foundation, and it's for sickle cell disease. Mm-hmm. And I have the sickle cell trait, so that's another one that was really, you know, kind of near and dear to my heart. Uh, so Kiki and I have been doing, I've been doing this with Kiki, our helping her for the last four years. Uh, and those are just some of the charities that we're involved in. And mm-hmm. like you said, we, we got a, a brand of bags that we've uh, developed that we brought to the NBA. We got licensed by the NBA called Three Pointers. Mm-hmm. And it's a handbag that you can... It's not really, hey, it's a phone bag, really, that you can put mm-hmm. your phone, your cell phone, and some money, credit cards, things of that nature. You can wear it cross body, and we got purses for the ladies and things. Mm-hmm. Like that. We brought all that to uh, to Hawaii and you know, gave a bunch of them away to our uh, fellow teammates and all that good stuff and the wives. Mm-hmm. That yeah. brand is uh, about to explode, we hope, in December is where we're coming out with it, you know, and uh, so we're excited. The NBA, they looked at it, they thought it was an unbelievable idea, and it's a great product. You know, so we got that in the works with a bunch of other stuff, Andy. So I'm staying busy. Yeah, know, man, you are staying busy. No I'm kidding. With the, uh, <laughs> with the um, you know, charity, charity uh, foundations that we're involved, yeah. and I got yeah. two granddaughters that are ten and eight that live here in oh. LA that I see almost weekly. That amazing. You know, keep Papa grounded, as they uh, say. But man, I'm just, I'm just enjoying life. I got a yeah. girl who's been right there, and uh, she makes this easy for me. Wow, that's so great! Yeah, when when Cece brought out those bags at the at the wives' lunch um, yeah. when we were in Hawaii, I mean, the, everybody's like jaw dropped. I mean, it, it was just <laughs> spectacular. My wife uses it all the time now; it's incredible. So, best of luck to both of you, man, and and best of success. And we'll whatever we got to do to to promote it, pump it. We're there for you, man. But I I can't thank you enough, Byron, for taking the time, really, because, you know, you and I go back to the beginning. I remember rookie year when I stuck you under the palm tree, as you remember. (laughs) Tried to make me disappear, but I was all right. I was like, I'm a rookie. I got to I got to pay my dues. Yeah, we got that wasn't on purpose. (laughs) But I'm going to be in the picture. I'm good. All right. That's it for another amazing episode of Legends of Sport Friday with Andy Bernstein, uh, this uh, this conversation he had with Byron Scott is one of my all-time favorites. Again, Showtime Lakers, talk about the reunion in Hawaii, talk about his playing career, uh, you know, the amazing opportunity to both play with Magic, to play with Kobe, uh, just an amazing conversation. So that's all the time we have for today. Let's do it again next week. Until then, this is Arash Markazi saying stay safe and stay healthy. This is the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Hustle for the cash, so it's hard to knock it. Everybody got their own thing, currency chasing worldwide through the heart. 
Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.